Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And today is Solo Saba. Unfortunately, my partner, our friend, the crockpot, Lukey, is on assignment, so you're stuck with me. You know, we certainly will miss him. We enjoy having Luke on the show. He is quite often the voice of reason, but like I said, this week you're stuck with me. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we'll do a little bit of a recap on week five in the NFL. We will take a look at week six. It's week six already. I can't even believe it. And then we'll wrap up with a few good minutes on college football. It was an exciting week six in college football, and we'll talk a little bit about some of those great games, and we'll take a look at week seven as well. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. Football is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as your favorite teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. All right, so we're currently sitting at 11, 14, and 1 so far this season. We went 3 and 2 last week, a little bit of a bounce back week for us. Wasn't perfect, but. At least we got back into the green a little bit. So I'm going to give you four this week. Don't have one from Luke this week. So you're just going to have to ride with me. So first, I got two for college football. Under 48 and a half, Michigan State at Indiana. That Michigan State team, they're playing well. They're ranked in the top 10. I don't anticipate them coming in scoring a lot of points. And I certainly don't anticipate Indiana scoring a lot of points. So take that under 48 and a half in that game. Kentucky at Georgia, huge spread on that. It's 22 and a half. I'm going to take the road team. I'm going to take the underdog, plus 22 and a half. Certainly don't think Georgia's going to win. No feeling lucky taking Kentucky on the money line or anything like that. But take a look at Kentucky, plus 22 and a half. And as we move into the pro game, I like Green Bay, minus four at Chicago. That Chicago team's winning games, but... I think Green Bay is hitting on all cylinders right now. I like them to go into uh, the Bears stadium and beat them pretty handily. So take Green Bay minus four. And then I like the over, 52 and a half Chargers at Ravens. Both those teams are giving up a lot of points. So take the over in that game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game 
starts. All right, let's review week five in the NFL. Usually, you get a little bit of a back and forth from me and Luke. Stock up, stock down. Best win, worst loss. You're just going to have me today. So I'm going to go ahead and start with my stock up. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. This Tampa Bay team is interesting to me. They've bounced back after that tough loss to the Rams. They were able to beat New England in a tough homecoming game for Tom Brady. That was a tough game on the road for them. Bad conditions. And then they come out and they destroyed Miami last week. I think it was 45-17. Brady had over 400 yards, five touchdowns. That, to me, felt like a little bit of a trap game for them. Maybe not a game that they lose, but a game that they could have messed around and kept close. That's a bad team. And now, all of a sudden, this week, they're on a short week on the road at Philadelphia. So that's a game that they very easily could have overlooked. Still have concerns about their defense, their secondary. The pass rush isn't getting home like it was uh, you know, later in the season last year and certainly on that playoff and Super Bowl run. But you've seen Antonio Brown kind of emerge, right? Last week he went seven for 124 yards, two touchdowns, and he I think he's emerged a little bit as that safety valve for Brady in place of Gronk. We don't know when Gronk's coming back. He's dealing with those ribs. He's got several broken ribs. One of them punctured a lung. So that Tampa Bay team, to me, feels like they're starting to get over the hump a little bit. They're going to overcome the defense. They got Richard Sherman in there. Maybe he's starting to learn some things. They have to overcome some injuries on that defense and certainly some on the offense. But I like what I'm seeing from them the last couple weeks, you know, as they've bounced back after losing to the Rams. So Tampa Bay's my stock up this week. Stock down, I'm going to go with Carolina. Carolina's a team that, if you listen to the podcast, you know, that they've been a little bit of my darling team this season. I've really liked what I've seen from them so far, but they've lost two in a row, right? They lost to the Cowboys. Cowboys are obviously a good football team, but they lost to the Cowboys. That defense gave up, I believe, 38 points in that game. Then they lose last week at home to the Eagles. Anybody that listens to the podcast knows how I feel about the Eagles. I certainly think that they're better than I anticipated they were going to be this season. But by no means do I think that they're a good football team. If you look at Carolina over the last two weeks, their defense just has not looked good in either game. They really struggled with Jalen Hurts in the RPO with Jalen Hurts. They were diving in on the running back. Jalen Hurts was just keeping the ball, and, and he really, really hurt them with the with his legs. Now, look, they only gave up 21 points. I'm not going to completely murder the defense, but that's a game – Carolina needs to win at home against a middle of the road or, you know, probably a team that's going to have a top 10 pick in the draft. So Carolina for me is a team that I have not been impressed with the last two weeks. I'm not jumping off yet. Still a team that I like. I like what Sam Darnold's doing. I like that offense. They're going to get Christian McCaffrey back, which certainly will help ignite their ability to do things on that side of the football. So Not giving up on Carolina yet, but they are certainly trending down for me. All right, now let's get into best win, worst loss. My best win of week five is Buffalo winning 38-20 at Kansas City. This game feels to me like Buffalo's really gotten over the hump. That Kansas City team has beaten them several times over the last couple years. This is one of those situations, you know, you often see it. In the NBA, right, a team kind of loses. 
to a team a couple times, but they get progressively further over a two or three year stretch. And that's what we're seeing right now with Buffalo. Kansas City's a two and three football team. So, you know, it shouldn't surprise you that Buffalo beat them by 18 points. But, you know, the media loves Kansas City. They love Patrick Mahomes. Certainly the sheen and the shine starting to wear off a little bit with Kansas City. You're starting to see the media turn on them a little bit. Not necessarily turn on Patrick Mahomes, but Kansas City's defense isn't great. I don't want to say that teams have figured out Tyreek Hill, but, you know, that's a narrative that I've heard. And Kelsey hasn't really gone off two weeks in a row. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got hurt in this game. So, you know, this is a good win for Buffalo just because of sort of what it does for them mentally and how it propels them over the course of the rest of the season. Josh Allen played great. He's really played well since the first game of the season against Pittsburgh, against Kansas City. 315 yards, three touchdowns. I believe as well as Josh Allen played in this game, the Buffalo defense is really the story. They forced two more interceptions from Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes has six interceptions through five weeks. He's third in the league in interceptions behind Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, two rookies. So, you know, I know I joked last week with Luke that Pat Mahomes is a turnover machine, but uh, it's not looking good. That's two games through the first five weeks that he's had double-digit interceptions. They're going to have to figure something out offensively with that team. They can't really run the football. They can't really play defense. I saw somebody on Twitter say that it looks like Pat Mahomes is trying to score 21 points with every throw. It certainly does. I am concerned about the ability of that team. I'm not going to go as far to say that they're not going to make the playoffs, but I don't know if they're going to win that division. I mean, the Chargers certainly have a stranglehold on that division early on, still only five games into the season, but there's some concern right now for Kansas City. That Buffalo defense, like I said, forced two turnovers. They're really the story. They only gave up seven points in the second half of that game. That is a prolific Kansas City offense with a lot of weapons. And for Buffalo to only give up seven points in the second half, I think really says a lot about where they are as a team and how they project potentially over the rest of the season. Speaking of the rest of the season, when you look at Buffalo's schedule, they've got... Tennessee this week at Tennessee on Monday Night Football. After that, they have a six-game stretch. Miami at Jacksonville, at Jets, Indy at home, at New Orleans, the Patriots at home. Before an early December showdown, I think it's the 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that, at Tampa Bay. So they've got Tennessee this week and then a six-game stretch that takes them to playing at Tampa Bay they could be 11-1 or, or 10-2 going into that game. So, you know, Buffalo's really set themselves up to emerge as at least the media or, you know, the publications that do power rankings as the favorites in the AFC. Worst loss. You know, this is... I don't know if I've gotten over this game yet. It's the Browns losing 47-42 at the Chargers. That's a tough loss. There's really nothing else you can say about it. Baker played great. Despite what you see on the talking head shows on Fox Sports, uh, on ESPN, some of these yahoos on Twitter and, and social media, Baker played great. 305 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 
122.5 quarterback rating, really bounced back from that game last week against Minnesota where he had a lot of overthrows and missed Odell in a few situations. You know, Baker wasn't the reason why the Browns lost this game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they were absolute monsters, 260 total yards, three touchdowns. I'm going to give you the reason why I think they lost. They lost because of the defense. The defense gave up 26 points in the fourth quarter. They gave up 47 points total. That's it. That's the end of the reasons why the Browns lost this game. You're going to see a lot of Browns fans on Twitter, a lot of the national media folks, a lot of the local media folks in Cleveland, a lot of these idiots that are fans of of other sports teams, other football teams in the NFL, talk about Stefanski's play calling down the stretch. Talk about the officiating. What I'm going to tell you is this. There are contributing factors and there's root causes. The contributing factors to that game potentially could have been Stefanski's play calling the last two drives. I'm not going to kill Stefanski for that. The Browns had a chance to win the game. He didn't call his best series, especially the last drive. But again, that's not the reason why the Browns lost the game. Was there poor officiating in that game? Absolutely, there was poor officiating in that game. But you know what? We're not going to blame it on officials. I'm from Cleveland. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I grew up middle class, blue collar. Where I come from, people have to work for everything that they get. We don't make excuses. We're not going to make excuses on this loss. The reason why we lost the game was because of the defense. We're not going to blame it on the officials. We're not going to blame it on one series or maybe even two series of play calling. The root cause for why the Browns lost that game was because of the defense giving up 26 points in the fourth quarter. The Chargers went out and won the game. You don't put the game in the officials' hands. You score 42 points, you should win the football game. The Browns are the only team in NFL history to score 40 points with over 500 yards of offense and lose the game. So that tells you just how poorly the defense played. And I'll say it again. I I don't want to see anybody on Twitter, any Browns fans blaming this on Baker, blaming it on officiating. You don't put it in in the officials' hands. And you know what? We go out. We got a tough one again this week. Uh, The Browns play Arizona. So you go out. You win that game very easily. You feel much better this Monday than Browns fans did last Monday. Top five, not a whole lot of movement in my top five this week. Still Tampa Bay and the Los Angeles Rams at one and two. Not ready to move them yet. The Bills have moved up. I like the Bills. I like what they're doing. I don't know if they're better than those teams in the NFC. And right now what you're looking at is Tampa Bay or the Rams potentially if the Bills can make it to the Super Bowl through the Chargers through the Browns through the Ravens those are probably the teams that they potentially could play so I have the Bills right now at number three I have the Cardinals at four I had them at three last week so they dropped back a little bit not really because of anything they did they went out they beat San Francisco San Francisco's banged up they only won 17 to 10 only a win's a win I just think what the Bills did was more impressive than what the Cardinals did. And then I moved the Ravens to number five. The Ravens are impressive. They had to come back against Indianapolis. Indianapolis certainly isn't a good team, but what Lamar Jackson did on Monday Night Football was 
I mean, the guy's amazing. I talked about it a few weeks ago, just how wrong I was on him. He's a, he's a dynamic football player. Every week we come on the show and we talk about the MVP favorite. It's been Kyler. It's been Matt Stafford at one point. It was Brady early on. I think right now you're looking at Lamar Jackson as the favorite. I mean, he's got more yards himself rushing and throwing than I, I believe than 18 teams in the NFL. So you know, he's he's awesome. And just outside the top five for me, the Packers, I got the Cowboys coming up there. The Cowboys defense is playing really, really well. Trevon Diggs is, is an absolute stud. That Cowboys offense is great. I talked about it last week. They're going to get Gallup back at some point. They're utilizing Zeke the way they've done in the past. Amari Cooper's great. Uh, CeeDee Lamb kind of bounced back a little bit. So I really like what the Cowboys are doing. And then I'm going to put the Browns at that eighth team every week I do three teams that are just outside of the top five the Browns can beat the Cardinals and very easily be back inside the top five next week we'll see I'm just still a little disappointed at that loss disappointed that defense after two weeks of holding teams to six and seven points I got to see something from that defense and they're banged up they got some injuries on that defense but they're going to start getting healthy Greg Newsom practice this week Clowney, I believe, is going to play this week. They got Anthony Walker back last week, so they're going to start to get some continuity with that defense. And let's see. Let's see what they do against the Cardinals. But until I see them beat a good team, they're going to stay outside of the top five. So the race for the number one pick, I, I made one small change here. I took Atlanta's won two weeks in two weeks in a row, so they're out. So Jets still at number one. They've only scored 67 points. That's absolutely atrocious. The Jags stay at number two. They've got a minus 59 point differential. They're the, they have the second worst point differential in the NFL behind Miami. Miami's getting Tua back, though. So that offense is certainly going to get better. Miami is, is, isn't a great football team, but they're certainly not worse than the Jags. So I anticipate probably before it's all said and done that the Jags are going to have the worst differential in the NFL. We'll see more there. And then my last team, the Lions. Man, the Lions have had two heartbreakers in the last three weeks, losing to the Ravens on a 66-yard field goal, and then they lost last week really close to the Vikings. You know, the head coach is crying in the post-game press conference. It's never good when your coach is crying because of a loss week five in the NFL. So, you know, these are games that they are they have not won a football game. They've had an opportunity to win two. Bad football teams don't have opportunities to win very many games in the NFL, so I anticipate that this Lions team is going to be right in the mix for that number one pick. All right, let's look ahead to week six. And what games are we most excited for? Look, there's not a lot to be excited for this week. Just not a lot of great games. I mean, every week's great in the NFL. You know, there's games that you don't expect to be good that – surprise you there's games that you expect to be outstanding that end up being clunkers so I got two that I'm, I'm looking forward to Dallas at New England can Dallas win a tough road game against a good defense that New England's team showed you know two weeks ago at home against Tampa that they're able to sort of step up to the challenge put the clamps down on a good team and force them to you know, utilize the entirety of their offense to win a game. I anticipate that that New England team is going to take away either the pass or the run. So it's going to be interesting to see how Dak and how the offense, 
the offensive coordinator, uh, Kellen Moore, how they're able to make adjustments in the game. I think that's going to be a great game. If Dallas can go up to New England and win that game, they very easily could be in the top five next week as well. So I want to see what Dallas looks like on the road at New England. And then Monday night football, Buffalo at Tennessee. The Titans bounced back last week against the Jags after a tough loss to the Jets. I know that that sounds a little weird because the Jets and the Jags are my two worst teams right now, but you got to bounce back when you lose to a bad team, and they certainly did that against the Jags. Now, can they catch Buffalo feeling themselves a little bit? I think, you know, Buffalo's coming off of this big win. They're on a high. They just beat Kansas City. Now, you know, they're feeling, oh, man, you know, we're we're hitting on all cylinders. We've won four games straight. Our defense is playing well. Our quarterback's in the MVP conversation again. So can Tennessee catch at home, catch Buffalo feeling themselves a little bit? And here's the other thing. The Titans have Buffalo and Kansas City back-to-back. If they can beat Buffalo and then turn around next week and beat a Kansas City team that's reeling, they're injured, their quarterbacks turning the ball over a lot. You know, they can see themselves right back into contender status. And I think that's really important because I have Tennessee in the water cooler football challenge. So those are the two games, Dallas at New England, Buffalo at Tennessee, I'm looking forward to. Obviously, you know, the Browns and the Cardinals, I want to see the Browns win that football game, but I got to see something from the Browns. And that's I don't think that that game in the big scheme of things compares to what the Dallas, New England, Buffalo, Tennessee game looks like. So the pick them right now, I'm at six and nine. Luke's at eight and seven. We don't have any pick them this week without Luke. Like I said, he's on assignment. We didn't get his picks this week. So that's it for the NFL. Let's move on to a few good minutes on college football. Look, man, it was a crazy crazy week six in college football Michigan eked out that win against Nebraska Nebraska's quarterback had a crazy fumble late in a weird situation he was trying to (laughs) he was trying to uh you know gain a few extra yards Michigan player comes in strips the ball out Michigan's able to win that game that was a good win for Michigan Probably shouldn't have been that close, but that Nebraska team, they got up for them. That was a home game. It was loud. It was a a raucous environment. That was a good win for Michigan. Harbaugh was fired up in a way I haven't seen him in a while. That Michigan team still has their whole season ahead of them. I talked about it. They play at Michigan State. They play at Penn State. They got Ohio State at home. So, you know, even at 6-0, still need to see more out of Michigan. I'm not, you know, ready to crown them as the favorites in the Big Ten or as a, a playoff contender or anything like that. But that was that was a crazy game. It was and it was nice to see Michigan get the win there. Alabama. Alabama loses to Texas AM. Down big, fights back. You know, and then they give it away at the end. That that was a crazy game. That's the game that Alabama usually wins those games, right? A team gets up for them. They were Alabama was on the road. They were playing at Texas AM. You know, Alabama starts slow, and then all of a sudden the, the the momentum starts rolling for them, and, you know, they're down two or three touchdowns, two or three scores early, and then they end up coming back and winning by, you know, two or three scores. But Texas A&M kicked the last second field goal, beats them. Iowa, Penn State. This game was nuts. This was a great game. 
probably the uh, this was tied for the there was three really great games. I'm going to talk about the next three right now. Iowa was down was down early, 17 to three. They fought back. They beat a really really good Penn State team to establish themselves as probably the class of the Big Ten so far. Let's not rule Ohio State out. In you know Michigan is is lurking somewhere in the back there. And the the crazy thing with Iowa is this was the biggest game on their schedule. They're now ranked number two. Going into this game, they were number three, and Penn State was number four. Iowa has no Michigan. They have no Ohio State on the schedule. Their toughest games left are at Wisconsin next week and then at Nebraska to finish the season, and that's it. They're going to have to play somebody really good in in the Big Ten title game, and that could be their downfall from a playoff perspective. But they basically, at this point, from beating Penn State, I believe – they're able to write their their own future here. The, the future is in their hands. If they can win the rest of their football games, they're going to be in the playoffs. Arkansas Ole Miss was crazy. Uh, Ole Miss jumped on them early. Arkansas came back. Arkansas went for two at the end of the game. They lost 52-51. They missed that two-point conversion. I love that Arkansas team. I love that Ole Miss team. Ole Miss has the Heisman. Uh, Matt Corral, the Heisman favorite right now. That game was nuts. That was a high-scoring game. Lane Kiffin was certainly pumped up. I was really surprised that Arkansas went for the win there at the end, but that's college football, and you see teams do that every once in a while. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it didn't Didn't work out for Arkansas in this case. Usually the team that goes for two there at the end with no time on the clock or just a few seconds, it's the road team because obviously close games favor, favor the home team. Arkansas went for it. They didn't get it. Love the... You know, love the gumption there by the Arkansas head coach, and that was a that was a good win for all Miss. And then the last game, Oklahoma at Texas. That game, this game was absolutely insane. Texas was up three touchdowns in the first half. Lincoln Riley benches Spencer Rattler for freshman Caleb Williams. Spencer Rattler was the Heisman favorite coming into this season. You know, he was a guy that Luke and I were talking about potentially being the number one pick in the NFL draft, winning the Heisman. Guy gets benched. Oklahoma storms back, outscores Texas 35-10 to in the second half to win 55-48, all behind Caleb Williams. He had over 400 yards passing. He had like five touchdowns. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And the reports yesterday are Williams is taking reps with the first-string offense at practice. There was some guy, some fan student that had some binoculars and saw Caleb Williams taking reps with the first team. And then the reports today, right before I went on the air is that Spencer Rattler has entered the transfer portal. Now that is not official. I have not seen an official report. It's these uh, basement warriors on Twitter that are reporting this. But if that's the case, what a turn of events for a player like Spencer Rattler who just a few weeks ago was anticipated to be the Heisman Trophy winner and the first-round pick in the NFL draft to now being in the transfer portal. He'll have to sit out a year. Who knows where he's going to go? But uh, that that's nuts. That Oklahoma-Texas game was insane, and certainly the fallout after that has been possibly even crazier. 
Let's move to week seven, the games of the week this week. There's not much this week in college football. I would say there's probably only one game. I usually give you a couple and then the game of the week. I only have the game of the week this week. Number 11, Kentucky at number one, Georgia. I talked about it in the bet online read. This game's at 3.30 on CBS. Georgia is minus 22.5 at home. Both these teams are 6-0. I like Kentucky to keep it under three touchdowns. Now, what does that mean? You know, they're probably going to lose by 17. But I like Kentucky plus, plus the points. So that's probably the only game, college football game this week I'm going to be watching. Not a lot, but, you know, certainly we're starting to get to the point of the season where there's going to be conference play, and we're going to start to see some of these teams that are looking really good start to lose, and we're really going to see the cream start to rise to the top. And then obviously in the next few weeks – we'll have the first college football playoff committee rankings come out as well. In the coming weeks, we got the NBA starting a week from today. So I'm recording this on Wednesday. This will come out on Thursday the 14th. So a week from Wednesday night, 10-20, October 20th, the NBA will be back. So next week will be the NBA preview from myself and Luke. And we really want to get Colby back on the show. He's been texting me. I want to get Statboy Colby back, do some diamonds and pucks. Baseball playoffs are happening. We don't talk a lot of baseball on this show, and that's one of the reasons why we brought Colby in. I know the baseball playoffs have been crazy. They're progressing, so we can probably get him on here in the next couple of weeks, start talking about baseball a little bit more hockey starting as well so we need to get his thoughts on this upcoming nhl season don't forget at wc sports pod facebook twitter instagram like follow and subscribe we are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify Anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only BetOnline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.